sweep the leg. You have a problem with that? No, Sensei. Get him a body bag, Johnny! Yeah! Sweep the Lake Podcast. I'm your host with the most, Mike Macmasunas. How's everybody doing? And I have Mr. Guest Host on the line. I have Andrew. What's up, buddy? Not too much. How's everything going today, Macmasunas? It is going well. So uh, we have, uh, you know, background noise going on. That's my daughter. So sorry, everybody, if that uh, offends anybody. But, uh, you know, that's just how we uh, that's how we roll in podcasting land here. So. <laughs> hey, it's good. We all have lives. So people understand, I bet. Yes, yes. So uh, I brought you on because uh, I enjoyed uh, and had a lot of fun with Transformers Dark of the Moon. And um, I've uh, noticed an interesting fact that uh, either you love Part 3 over Part 1, you love Part 1 over 3, but everybody pretty much agrees it's better than 2. Mm-hmm. And uh, you said that uh, you you had some issues with it and uh, I gave it a 4.5 rating. You actually gave it a 3-star rating if I remember correctly, right? Cool. Yeah, it's mine. It's it's like between a three and a three five, but yeah, that's basically it. So cool, which is why I wanted to bring you on so we could uh, have a discussion. But before we get into that, um, I just recorded Monster Squad on Wednesday, but there's some more interesting movie and music news. So let's go ahead and get into some uh, more movie and music news of the week. Now I will tell you what I've done for you. Fifty thousand tears I've cried. All right, so have you heard that Charlie Sheen is a rapper now? No, I have not. I've I've heard that they're doing a spoof on Charlie Sheen the same night as the new Two and a Half Men, but I haven't heard he's a rapper. Nice. Yeah, he has some song called Steak and Mashed Potatoes. I was really oh, boy. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I'll tell you, Charlie Sheen I know, man, is from The Wraith. You know, men at work, you know, just awesome 80s guy, but I had no idea the guy was uh, flipping, I don't know what it, what's wrong with this guy. He, but. He's out of control, but you know what, as long as he sticks to, like, alright, if he wants to be a rapper, that's fine, do what he wants, he's not harming anyone, so. Right, I mean, what's up with this guy, he's like making Tom Cruise look like, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, Leonardo DiCaprio, this guy's going crazy, man, I'm telling you, it's ridiculous. Um, you, you haven't listened to the Monster Squad episode that I did on Wednesday, right? No, I've been a little behind on my podcast because I've been preparing for the new Harry Potter movie, but... Cool. Well, you are in luck, my friend, because when the new Harry Potter movie comes out, you're going to see the trailer to The Dark Knight Rises. It's a teaser trailer. Is it? I didn't know that. Yeah, I did. Warner Brothers. Uh, That's going to be good then. I'm looking forward to it even more now. Yeah, it uh, just got posted actually about a uh, half hour ago before we started. The actual trailer? Uh, or, it's good. or like they talked about that it's going to be coming out with Harry Potter? 
actually it's it's a teaser trailer and the poster's coming. Basically, the trailer's gonna be about a minute and 33 seconds long. It's gonna be hidden theaters with Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows Part Two next week. Okay, so, so no one's seen it yet. Yeah, nobody's seen it. It's gonna be attached to that trailer. It's gonna be a teaser trailer, of course, because they don't yeah. have much filming done. Yeah. It's supposed to be like a minute and 33 seconds. So hey, that's lengthy enough. Yeah, so you'll have, you know, since you reviewed the other one, I know you're going to do a review of that movie, so you have to let me know what you thought of the trailer. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Right away. I'm looking forward to it, and to see what the poster is. I, I love the bat symbol, how, you know, the first time on Batman Begins, it was kind of like black, and then for the Dark Knight, they broke it up. So from what I've seen, uh, Comic-Con, it's like blue. It's put together, but it's like a blue color. It looks pretty wicked, so... Good times. Um, Dollhouse. You did you ever watch Dollhouse? I started it, but I'm not a too big of a Joss Whedon fan, so I never kept with it. But okay. I've heard good. I've heard good things, and then I've heard bad things. So I don't know. Okay. Well, uh, Harry Lennox. He's a guy who um, he was in Dollhouse. Uh, character was he? He was the. Um, he was like the guardian of Eliza Dushku. Um, his name was like um, his role was God. What was his name? Hen- oh, jeez. He was in it from the beginning. Uh, yeah, he was in it from the beginning. He was always her protector, her kind of the lookout person for her. Okay, um, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he, he's a really cool guy. He actually looks like the guy the from 2012, the the main the main guy. Um, not not um, not John Cusack. Yeah, not John Cusack, but um, the African American guy. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yep. they kind of they kind of look alike. So yeah, he's re- really I like that actor. He's really cool. So um, it'll be interesting to see what he's he's supposed to be, be playing General Swan, uh, Swanwick. Sound, okay. Sound familiar? No idea. No idea. Okay. I was hoping you would. So no big deal. Uh, <laughs> I failed you. Yeah. Uh, Jason Statham is rumored to be in Transformers Four. Did you hear about this one? No, but I have heard of him, so that's a good thing. Yeah, his girlfriend is Rosie, um, you know, the girl yeah. Transformers 3. Yeah, it's kind of how it got all crazy. Uh, I mean, there's no way that they're – I mean, Michael Bay is done, Shia LaBeouf is done. So, yeah, it's going to be an odd thing to see that come back before. Yeah, so. I, I mean, I thought they were just going to reboot the thing, you know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know what the, what they're thinking. I know there ain't going to be a part four. If anything, someone else is going to take over. Uh, right. You know, I just hope that they keep the people that worked on the CGI to, to keep the Transformers as awesome looking as they were. I just hope when they reboot it, they, you know, they, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to say. I mean, it's so far into the future at this point. So Yeah, yeah it definitely is. But we'll get more into it in the movie, I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, Adam West, uh, supposedly going to be a mayor. In the Dark Knight Rises, I thought that was ridiculous. So um, hopefully it's going to be serious, you know. But we'll we'll see how that goes. So yeah, I trust Christopher Nolan. So I kind of estimated the top five movies of the year. I figure Transformers would be there, like three or four. I figure Fast Five would definitely be there. I figure number one's going to be like Pirates or uh, Harry Potter. So mm-hmm. what what are your thoughts on what do you think the top five movies of the year are going to be? Um, well, I'm definitely hoping it's Harry Potter, even though it's still a little less than a week away now. So yeah. there's that. Um, I don't know how – do you know how Transformers did in the box office? Uh, yeah, it's done pretty good. It's made uh, – but yeah. uh, it was. it's made a lot of money. Unfortunately, I don't have the exact numbers, but so far it's – I just pulled it up actually on Box Office Mojo. Sweet. Yeah, why don't so, you go ahead and, and roll that uh, roll that out? What, what are the numbers here? All right, well – 
if I'm going down the list because we're doing top five or mentioning top five, um, Pirates of the Caribbean, it says worldwide was 1 million, 14. Okay. As Fast Five was 600 and one, well, this is all based out of a million, I'm assuming. So it's. Yeah, yeah. It's Pirates a, of the Caribbean's a billion then. Yeah. That uh, makes sense. Fast Five is 601.4 million. Yep. Uh, the Hangover comes in third with 549 million. Wow. Kung Fu Panda, 546. And Transformers rounds up the five, 511. Wow. Well, so far I've guessed it right. I got uh, I got yeah. Fast Five in there. I got Transformers. You got three out of the five. Yeah, I'm doing good. All I right. actually would have thought I would have thought X Men First Class would have been bumped up a little bit, but that one comes in at number eight on I, Box Office Mojo. So yeah, I I loved it, but too many issues with that movie in regards to other other fanboys. Um, yeah, I, I would think in regards to um, music, um, you know Kelly Clarkson's song got leaked on uh, billboard.com i heard about that yeah i heard about that i haven't checked it out yet but you know it kind of sucks but as i was saying uh earlier that uh it's kind of good controversy is good it gets you um you know it gets you exposed more if you have no controversy like think about eminem is always full of controversy Mm -hmm. Uh, that's why everybody always went and bought his stuff because like oh wow you know that's what keeps people interested when you hear all these crazy that's like the best publicity you can get is when you have controversy yeah, definitely, especially if it's about new music. If it was anything else, it'd be kind of annoying, especially for Kelly Clarkson. But if it's yeah. going to be controversy over new music, hey, it's good. It gets her out there. So Yeah, good times. Um, I did want to, um, in regards to movie news, I wanted to clarify a few things. Um, I made a few mistakes on Monster Squad. See, what happened is, is I was, you know, on my iPod, I had to, on Shuffle, and, uh, you know, the song from the movie, uh, Rocket City Drop, came on. I'm like, oh, man, I, I should just talk about uh, Monster Squad tonight. I hadn't seen it in about six months, but I've seen the movie enough. I did it all from memory. Well, you know me and you talked about that. It's not a good idea to do things from memory. Yeah, so, it's always good to redo. Re- we watch the movie at least once. So. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of got things a little out of order. So first of all, to clarify, I said sound doesn't look good. Obviously, sound doesn't have a look. It's, <laughs> it's uh, that's not – that's a – that's like nothing. Don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the sound because I was talking about the Blu-ray. The sound is really good. Um, I mentioned in the beginning that they were in detention. They don't actually say if they're in detention. They're just in a principal's office. You can just kind of put that up for speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, EJ, which uh, Jason Harvey from the Wonder Years, if you know him, uh, yep. the guy next to him is actually they were in a Walt Disney movie together called Little Spies. Uh, very hard movie to find, but I actually uploaded the whole movie on YouTube. I did that because Jason and Dan were talking about it on Show Me the Winston, like one of the first episodes about how that movie was really cool. I said, hey, I actually have it. I can upload it on YouTube. And I've had like hundreds and hundreds of hits on that. It's been pretty oh, wow. cool. So uh, that was kind of cool trivia. But I did say name three ways to kill a werewolf. Well, in the movie, they talk about name two ways. What's the second way to kill a werewolf? And he's like, well, there isn't one. The only way you can kill one is with a silver bullet. And that's just like, uh, I don't know, gets hit by a car. You know, they, they throw all these funny things. It's a, I know you haven't seen it, Andrew, but you got to see the Monster Squad. It's flipping awesome. It's like the Goonies meet the monsters of the, of the 60s. It's flipping it's <laughs> I'll excellent. I'll check it out before I listen to your episode, but keep going. Yeah. Uh, and then I said that Michael Cimbello is the one that's saying Rocket to Drop. It's actually uh, – well, I said – Michael Cimbello is the guy that actually sang the song. I said somebody else. I was completely off. And uh, Kick Him in the Nards, that scene happened. I said it happened before the montage. It actually happens after. 
I mean, it was little minor stuff, but I just wanted to clarify to people that, uh, you know, sorry I screwed up there. You know, I've seen it a lot of times, but being a little rusty, haven't seen it, you kind of forget a little placement here and there. So I just want to throw that out to people. No, definitely. That's good to clarify everything once in a while. So. Yeah. All right, sir. So um, let's get into Transformers Dark of the Moon here. So um, I, I enjoy I think – I think, you know, I've been listening to other podcasts. Um, I actually just listened to the Flix podcast episode with Jason and Dan. Um, they weren't really too fond of it. There were things that they liked, things that mm-hmm. they didn't. Um, I believe uh, Jason gave it a, you know, 2.5. Um, it's average. Yeah. Um, because it was well and above, better than part two. Uh, part one, you know, was excellent. But um, I think... I like it a lot because I never liked Transformers. I watched Transformers 1 because my wife uh, was a big Transformers fan. I said, I don't want to watch this crap. But I fell, <laughs> I fell in love with Shia LaBeouf. And uh, I think because I didn't know any history or anything, I really can't nitpick too much. But I, I went in the movie expecting to have a good time. That's what I had. But I know that you said you had some issues. So here's kind of how I want to throw things out. Okay. Um, I'm going to try to change your mind and raise your rating, and you're going to try <laughs> to lower my rating, and we'll see what happens at the end of the episode here. So. All right. It sounds like a good game. Cool. All right. So what are your issues with the movie? Uh, well, my number one issue is kind of with um, Shia LaBeouf's new girlfriend, the Rosie Huntington-Whiteley character. All right. I liked her as a character. I just didn't like how they over-sexualized her. And I know it's there. there's a time – like. A lot of movies do this on purpose. I know they did this on purpose. Obviously, they had, um, they just came off of having what's her name? Wow, I'm totally blanking on her. The last girlfriend from the movie. Oh, uh, Megan Fox. On Megan Fox, yeah. They just they had Megan Fox, and she's the sex symbol. So they needed to come up with this other one, and they needed to, her to be hotter than Megan Fox because they wanted no, they wanted no one to remember right. uh, Megan Fox's character. So I understand that. But at the same time, this isn't that type of movie or shouldn't be that type of movie where they have to over-sexualize the girl character. So it kind of threw me off a little bit, and I didn't really care for that. I, they always had – they had shots of, like, them panning up on her body, and they always had her standing with her hands on her hips. Like, she was, she was some, like, model-esque. Like, I know she, she is a model, but they had her, like – it was just overdone to me. Okay. A little uh, distasteful. All right. Now, here's the thing. Um, I didn't think she's better looking than Megan Fox, to be honest with you. Um, I actually enjoyed her character. Here's the thing. The very first scene, um, you know, is her legs. They show her in her underwear. But the next time you see her, she's in a white dress. After that, man, she's in jeans and a white shirt, which goes from dirty to white, dirty to bad editing. But when you mean over-sexualized, I mean, it was only two times, really. The very first scene, I totally agree with. But that's just to tell you, hey, look – She's better than Megan Fox, kind of thing. You know, right. I get that. The second time, she was in actually a, a nice white dress that didn't, you know, she doesn't really have big boobs, anyways, but it's not like they tried to give her cleavage. It actually covered mm-hmm. her chest completely. And it, I don't know. I, I only found two scenes like that versus Megan Fox. I mean, it was like slow motion running, bouncing up and down, if you know what I mean. Um, you know, part two really did that a lot to Megan Fox versus in this one. I, I only saw two. So, what, what was the the third and and after that well there was just the fact that the 
I guess it like it's hard because I'm trying to like play devil's advocate with myself because I'm trying to like not make it as bad as it seems. But for me, also the the uh, her her boss character, right? Uh, he was always it like you could tell he was like sexually attracted to her, and that was his whole plot. Like half of his plot was to right. get this girl, and it. Of course, it happens to be tied in with Shia LaBeouf, who happens to be tied in with this company, who happens to be tied in. It's like a lot of things that just, like, by coincidence, kind of roll into each other. Yeah. And it all starts with, it kind of starts with her. Okay. Uh, I mean, fair enough. Um, so, what do you like her? Like, I, here, here's I my... did like her. I, I liked her character. I thought she was a good character. Um, I, I would say at the end... This was definitely Megan Fox scene that they kept in the script. They cut all of Megan Fox stuff that they wrote because, you know, they film out of order. That whole Megatron thing, I mean, yes. it makes perfect sense. They have history together, which would be why why Megatron would listen to her and say, you know, you're going to be his little B. You know, he normally this other girl he's never seen before, he wouldn't really give a crap. Right. Megan Fox character, he would. So that was kind of like uh, you could tell that was made for Megan Fox's character. Um, but – what are you gonna do? Did Megan Fox originally was she gonna originally uh, come back for this role, or did that happen after they started filming and got she, everything rolling? Yeah, actually, I I saw set pictures with her on it. I think she was on set for a week, and then they huh. fired her. Um, so I, I I'm sure that there's actual film footage of her. Um, I know her first day of shooting was the skyscraper scene. Um, okay. Buff was talking about on Regis and Kelly. Uh, she, they were on skateboards. They were going down the building, having all this crap thrown at it. It's like yeah. I, if it was not her first, it was like her third day of filming. And uh, he said, you know, she was a total trooper. You know, we were all having fun. We're all like a big family, and she's yep. coming in new. Uh, and she did really, really good. But, uh, you know, I, I, at first I didn't think she was very attractive looking, you know. But then the more I saw her, I was like, yeah, I, I can see why people like her. She kind of has a split between the blonde hacker of the first one mixed right. with the girl transformer of part two. And, and, and then overall I thought uh, they did have good chemistry together. They did. I, I enjoyed her character. I she was still like you could tell she was new to acting, so she wasn't anything phenomenal. But I didn't have any like specific acting problems with her. Right, I agree. She definitely acts better than Megan Fox, but that doesn't say a lot. <laughs> you know? I did like her. Uh, her name was funny. It, uh, her name was Carly in the movie, so of course they had to uh, incorporate Car into her name. Yeah, of I course. thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, that was funny. Um, okay, so we got we got her covered. Um, you know, because the second half of the movie, she's definitely not sexed up. She's fully clothed, uh, not running in slow motion or anything. Although sometimes she has heels on, then she doesn't have heels on, then she has right. heels on. She well, they've they've done that a bunch in the uh, Transformers movies. Like I remember in the second one when they're in the desert and yeah. Megan Fox's character Michaela is running through the desert, but she her her white whatever she had on her jacket or whatever it was or blouse it wasn't dirty at all and there's no sand but it's all kicked up around her yeah exactly <laughs> it was hilarious okay so um now you said now francis mcdormand and this is kind of like a conan brothers film because you yes. got francis mcdormand you got uh you got uh you know what's his name 
John Malkovich. John Malkovich, yeah. And then, of course, you have uh, Totoro. Uh, but you said you kind of had issues with her, and I, I totally dug her. I thought she was great, and I love Shia LaBeouf's attitude towards her, how I don't have to take orders from you. I take it from the Autobots. I like his disrespect mm-hmm. to her because that, as an audience, you were like, man, you can't talk to me like that, and that's how you would react if you were friends with the Autobots. Yep. So what's your issue with her? Well, it was with her. I think it happens. This is also encompassing the whole movie. It's the comedy they give her. Okay. Like she, like when she first entered the the movie, she walks in and she has these heels and she takes them off. And this girl's giving her these like slippers to put on. She just came off as really over the top. Like, like I just didn't care for the type of comedy they were playing at with her. And really. They tried to – and Shia LaBeouf, I totally understand, like, they wanted him to be the underplayed guy that the government really doesn't want around because they don't know who he is and he's just a kid anyway. Right. I like that. I like that whole, part, like, plot line. And he's trying to uh, work with the government at the same time he has to kind of disobey obey them. And it goes along this, like, little moral thing of how the government doesn't always do the right thing because of uh, all the right people and they're just not lining up. But – I thought they kind of took a silly turn with her, with her character, and I didn't really care for it. Just her added, just the way she came across was kind of just silly to me. Really, I didn't think she had any funny parts at all. I just thought that was her showing you that she orders uh, trivial things to be done for her because she thinks that she's the boss. The only time I saw any comedy in her was at the end of the credits with the with the kiss. Mm-hmm. I got no comedy from her whatsoever. So that, that's really interesting that you feel that way. Well, then the whole comedy th- uh, issue just happened. It's always with uh, – the Transformers movies always kind of threw me off with their comedy anyway. Okay. So that could have had something to do with it because I've never been a fan of like a lot of the stuff that they try to do with their comedy. Like even in this movie, a lot of it's kind of hokey and they have that guy with the accent that's running around with John Turturro and – that's it. It just seemed kind of. It came off as a like a corny, silly comedy to me. That they, they never like. I'm trying to remember specific scenes. I saw it like a week ago, but uh, if I think of anything, I'll bring it up as an example. Okay, that's cool. Um, yeah, I uh, now obviously sitting on it and thinking about it and listening to other people's perspective on the film. Uh, one thing I do agree with is um, okay. So Sam says, which I love the line where he's like, you know, Mr. I've saved your life twice and you don't even know about it and I can't talk about it. But it's kind of like this movie wants it both ways. And I think all the movies have been this way where everybody knows that Transformers, you know, supposedly it was covered up. But then in part two, everybody knows they're Transformers. So are they trying to pretend that there's no Transformers now? Uh, It's not like they can have a a magic potion that can wipe everybody's memory. So it's like, why can't you say anything that you were part of that big alien thing that everybody knows about? They don't go into that. It's kind of like they have it both ways. Half the people know about it, the other half don't know about it, but he's not allowed to say anything. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's kind of of a plot hole that I found um, that they don't really make clear. Another thing is the whole the whole Cybertron um, thing. Okay, so obviously if um, Sam Wicky's um, grandfather found Megatron, right? So this is a couple hundred years ago, right? But the plane crashed in the '60s on the plane, so it's kind of like. Um, 
how do I want to say this? It's way off. Well, in the first one, Witwicky's ancestor discovers Megatron, right? Right. And then, yeah, in the movie, in this one, yeah, right. They find the plane. They find their ship on the moon. Right. But that came in. The, they found it in the '60s, but could it have been there longer? Well, no, because they show the actual uh, footage of them finding that something had crashed there. I I get the oh, okay. Whole... They they picked up the crash and then they investigated exactly. it. Exactly. Right? I get the whole you know Sentinel Prime plane crash moon. I get it. It's cool. The timeline completely sucks because number one. If Megatron came to, you know, came to Earth, um, how did he, number one, why did he let himself get frozen? I mean, it's not like it, he's a big flipping robot. It's right. not, you know, how could he have gotten frozen so fast? They don't ever actually go into that. It's like, it's like he got in the liquid nitrogen part of the North Pole or wherever it was he was at. So mm-hmm. I always thought that that was ridiculous in part one, how he just magically froze. But uh, it's supposed to be a couple hundred year difference here. You know what I mean? Between yeah, yep. between um, the plan of Megatron being on Earth and Sentinel Prime meeting him, it's kind of like, dude, you waited like almost 100 years before you actually crashed. You know what I'm saying? So I found that to be the, the real bad you know, part. But again, I don't think they care. It's just – Right. It's, it seems like one of those things where they came up with the storyline and it fit really well into the 60s and they didn't really – it didn't really come up to them. They didn't really care about lining it up with the first movie. Yeah. Um, you know, I said my major, I said this in the spoiler section, which obviously at this point, anybody listening to this, it's going to be spoiled. But my big problem was when Ironhide died, it was a, it was an emotional scene, especially if that was one of your favorite transformers. Yeah. It was in it from the beginning. Yeah. And right after that scene, they go to the parent comedy bit. I was pissed. Right, I was just about to bring up the parent, like another comedy thing that kind of really threw me off, and it was over the top in the second one, and as everything else was though, it was the parents, and I kind of think that was a little awkward too. They, they always need these. They have the parents. They were fine in the first one. I right. I thought they were funny. They were kind of. They had like a subtle funny. They weren't like crazy like this, where they were over overdoing it with the sexual language, and they were trying to like be really awkward to their son. Right. But in this one, they come up and they're in this giant, like, uh, they're in the bus, the tour bus that they're taking around. And it they just, it felt like they were just kind of, like, forced into the, into D.C. where they weren't really necessary. Like, yeah. they just, they needed a reason to get them out of their house in and over to D.C. So they threw them in this tour bus because they're on some kind of vacation drive around, so. Yeah, I didn't mind them. You know, I was only, I wasn't mad at the parents. I was mad at the at the fact of that they were going to pull that after that scene. Right after happened. Ironheart. Yeah. Um, overall, I thought that they were excellent. Um, you know, I like the line in regard, you know, the Bumblebee line, how, you know, if Bumblebee was a piece of crap, that would be your car. Right. You know, it, it was good times. Um, I, I thought they worked better, especially part two that was supposed to be, you know, part two had gross out humor. Uh, which is a problem with nowadays comedies, I feel. It's not like the 80s, you know, like the good old Ferris Bueller Day Off type of comedies. Clever, nowadays, yeah. it's like, you know, The Hangover. Uh, I, I liked it, but I I don't think it's all of that. You know, it's just too much gross-out humor. That's all we get nowadays, and that's what part two was. Yeah. You know? um, this one, I thought that they toned it down. Um, I didn't really find any gross-out humor outside of the uh, – 
you know the the Asian guy from the the Hangover. I I laughed hysterically even though I knew it was in bad taste. The whole bathroom scene and yep. coming out, you know, um, I thought that, like I said, it it was funny. I I laughed hysterically, but afterwards I was like, ah, that was in really bad taste. Oh, I did the same thing. I'm not gonna say I didn't laugh throughout this movie because I didn't like the humor. I did laugh, but at this, but like I said, afterwards, and I'm I'm kind of thinking it over, and it's just it's kind of corny and. It wasn't really my type of humor. Yeah. I found way more good things I liked about this movie than bad, especially than most people. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, my favorite scene is the most simplest. I wouldn't say it's the simplest effect because obviously, I mean, these this costs lots of money. Yep. But out of all the crap happening, all the battles, the fights, all the, the buildings falling, my favorite is when Bumblebee catches Sam, transforms him inside of him. Yeah, um, that was pretty cool. That's like my favorite scene of the whole entire movie. I, that I was that was the one on the road where he's where Sam's yeah. screaming and he's like and he realizes he's back in his car. Yeah, and he's pooping in his pants basically because yeah, up yeah. in the sky, you know. Because they they did that twice with Sam when Bumblebee caught him and then he flips uh he flips around Bumblebee transforms and Sam ends up on the hood also. Yeah, at one I, point I like that one, but I like the other, that one better. Um, you know, Michael Bay. Um, you know, I love Armageddon. Armageddon is my favorite Michael Bay film. That's the mm-hmm. first Michael Bay movie I ever saw, which is probably why I am Bad Boys. So after seeing yep. Armageddon and Bad Boys, I fell in love with those two movies. So I've never, I've never had Michael Bay hate, so to speak. I've been a big fan of it, but I see his crap. I see how he puts. After watching it, after all these years, I see how he puts action before story. Right. Uh, but I do recognize the shade, the the shaky camera syndrome that he seems to have. He toned uh, it down this time. Actually, I thought they they kind of because I remember in this, especially in the second one, like I had to I. I saw it and I was in the theater and I kind of had to like hold my eyes with my head like on my temple because I was getting a headache just from trying to focus on which uh, which machine is which and you kind they like whenever they clumped up together it was kind of hard to tell. Yeah, uh, but because of the 3D, he was forced to not do the shaky type of camera work. Yep. And uh, I I enjoyed the fact that you know the the slow motion scenes were really really cool this time. Um, you know, I didn't see it in 3D. I saw it in 2D, but I heard that when the guys at the, you know, the they fly off the buildings in the flight suit, those were all real stuntmen that was really mm-hmm. filmed. That the 3D looked pretty excellent uh, in regards to that scene. But I hear other people say the the 3D was all right. Other people say it was excellent. It's this movie is really a uh, man. It's really hard to categorize this movie. You know, well, I think uh, going off of the movie for a sec, I think 3D is just hard to really round up a general consensus anyway because yeah. i saw this movie and i've seen a lot of movies in 3d and i still don't really see what the draw is to it and it doesn't really get me like i'll notice it in the beginning and then afterwards i kind of i guess i get used to it right. and i don't really notice it anymore but meanwhile my friend who came with me he saw when we saw transformers he walked out and he was like that was the best 3d like effect movie we've we've definitely seen hands down so it just it depends on the person. Yeah, exactly. I mean, me, you know, I'm I definitely love big dumb fun. I, I'm more. I'm, I've always admitted that I'm a fanboy. I'm very less of a critic. It's very hard for me to uh, to look at a movie. I try to be more critical nowadays, especially now I have a podcast. You know, I can't just say I love every movie. I gotta find some bad things. And and for the most part, uh, I always do now, especially within the past couple of years, especially yeah. in the podcast. And, 
and all that other stuff. This movie, you know, I went in with knowing that knowing that I was going to enjoy it. I was just hoping it would be better than 2. And I think because it was better than 2, I automatically was like, wow, it was awesome. Uh, I, if I was to drop the rating with all the plot holes that I've been finding lately, I wouldn't go anything below a 4 for me. I really flippin' enjoyed it. Um, I, I really enjoy part one. I really enjoy part three. I personally feel three is better than one for a couple different reasons. Um, one, uh, maybe it's because I'm biased and I'm from Chicago, but I love the, the climax of the film, which lasts for like an hour and a half, that whole yeah. Chicago scene. You yep. know, I, I'm a big Armageddon fan and I felt like I was watching Armageddon a lot of times with, uh, with the just the the style of the way it was being filmed i I just had reminiscence of armageddon how it would be funny and then it would start as the movie progressed it got less funny darker and darker and darker you know yeah well it's that was actually one of my it's a it's not really a gripe with it it was just kind of like the pacing was off on this movie which that was i guess one of the things that i felt a little bit off with right the it was yeah. It had like with the whole Wang thing in the beginning and his par- and Sam's parents in the beginning. Um, it just kind of felt like it was the run of the mill Transformers movie, and then all of a sudden in the middle it just kind of hit this wall. And we get the tra- once they put those uh, the transporters in and that giant wall that comes up and all those ships start moving off of the moon and they go yeah. they get relocated to DC. All of a sudden it just the mood just shifted like five ratings apart like from the first half of the movie it was totally different now um one interesting thing that i heard today because as i said i just finished listening to the flicks review of this movie and one point that jason brought up is that uh optimus prime was out of character form and that was the part where you know the autobots supposedly died and uh he said that well uh, you know, Chicago people are being blown up. I mean, the violence is ridiculous. Twenty people being blown to bits. I mean, of course, there's not. You know, you you don't see blood and guts, but I mean, people are being disintegrated. A lot of violence, and then they come back after hundreds of people have been dead and just say, "We had to show them the people are that you need us." So, right. in other words, we had to sacrifice. Um, you know, we had to sacrifice people. Um, how do you feel about that? I think that. It was – I actually did notice that. I remember mentioning to my friend like, wow, they just actually obliterated a whole bunch of people and there's clothes lying on the ground in the form of the body where it was disintegrated. And I think in a movie like this, I wanted it to be like that. But at the same time when I see it, it's kind of it kind of off-putting because at, it's, it's been a children's movie to me, especially from the beginning. I never watched the cartoons, but – Obviously, knowing it spawns from a cartoon, uh-huh. I would have assumed they would have been kind of gearing this more towards children. So it was just really like it, it kind of felt awkward because, like I said, the between the juxtaposition bef- between the two halves, it was just it kind of felt more like trying to like gather my thoughts as I yeah, go. Yeah, no, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, but ahead. you know, you know what I mean though. Like it, it just felt like it was a little more serious than I thought it would actually get. Well. I was expecting it not to. I mean, number one, it's the third movie. The stakes are higher, and it's been specifically said this was going to be a darker movie, more Mm -hmm. focused on the characters type of thing. Um, Here's how I feel about it. I feel that it was necessary, and what I mean by that is that you're in a war, and um, if – 
you know, they're basically told that you're not welcome here no more. And the only way to prove to the people that tell you that we don't need you anymore is for them to realize how much the Autobots are needed. And if a couple people die, you know, like if five minutes into the the war, people like maybe 10 people got killed and the Autobots show up, you're like, oh, great. The Autobots are here. But afterwards, we're going to get rid of them. After they see mass destruction, they're like, man, I wish the Autobots were here. At that point, they're convinced and are going to want to keep them. So I honestly feel it wasn't out of character. I feel that it was necessary because in a war like this, a point does a, a point has to be proven. And I think they stepped in at the right moment in time, to be honest with you. Um, I might get a lot of hate for that, but you know I've seen in war movies where points had to be proven, mm-hmm. and I don't think it was out of character at all. I think it proved the point that us humans need them, and it wasn't going to be proven if they if they showed up five minutes after these guys got there. Well, I'm I'm trying to think. Did they have this much death in the first two films? No, uh, there was there was never really. There was always destruction like the asteroid fell. You right, know, right. You know, maybe a couple casualties, especially in the part one if you watch it. A lot of people got away, uh, you know, and the Transformers specifically would step over someone mm-hmm. or walk to the side. I mean they were really careful. It's like trying to, to walk over an ant heel and not step on an ant. They were really good about doing that. But in this one, I mean it was Carnage City. Uh, right, because I feel like if it was – I feel like if it was set up a little more that the Decepticons were literally like that brutal, like as brutal as they were in this movie, if they were as brutal like that in the first two, I would have accepted it more. I didn't have a problem with it, but it just felt like it was very juxtaposed from the first two, which obviously it was, according to what you're saying, like they didn't do as much as they did in this. Yeah. Um, So I... You know, and at the end, you can't have Megatron and Optimus Prime kiss and make up. You right. know, I thought it was excellent that he ripped his head off. I, I thought uh, that it was- he de- they do the one thing they've done like beautifully in the in these movies. They give um, Optimus like these excellent one-liners. Yeah, excellent one-liners. Um, so I, you know, I can definitely see people's point of view on that. It's kind of like the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as I said, you know, Batman Begins is my all-time favorite comic book film. I know that The Dark Knight is a five-star perfect film. It's excellent, but there's no day on this planet that I would pick The Dark Knight to watch over Batman Begins right. because The Dark Knight is a depressing film. It's like if I want to have a depressing day, it's raining out, I'll throw in The Dark Knight. Uh, if I want to have fun, I'm going to watch Batman Begins. And it's kind of like that boat scene. It's a big it's like you know it's a gang it's a it's a crime drama gangster film that just happens to have Batman and Joker in it. And that whole scene that everybody talks about would you blow up the other boat? Would you not blow up the other boat? Everybody's going to have a different answer. Uh, you know, it all depends on how you're brought up, where you're, you know, what what you think is right, what you think is wrong. And in this particular instance, I think it's how you look at it. You know, in a war, you're going to have casualties, and a point had to be proven that they were needed. If they would have showed up five minutes, you know, right afterwards, I don't think that they would have. They would have been like, great, they're here, but afterwards, after the battle, they would have kicked them off the planet anyways. Yeah. I don't know. That that's just kind of how I feel. I agree. A lot of it's perspectives. Like, I mean, that's what movies are. A lot of it's just personal perspectives. So it's really hard to give your your straight opinion and 
make people accept it as it is, they're always going to see it differently. But Oh, yeah. I mean, if someone doesn't like a movie, they don't like a movie. There's nothing you can do to change it. It's always good to talk about it because you get other people's point of view. Yeah. Uh, you know, like when I walked out of the movie, I was like, wow, that was so awesome. I don't see any plot holes. Then after I waited a few days, I listened to other people's uh, perspective. I was like, yep, I totally see that plot hole. Yeah, I see that plot hole. Uh, <laughs> you know, makes sense. But my feelings only changed slightly because of the fact of I know I can stick this movie and I'm going to have an excellent time. Right. You're going to feel like you did the first time you watched it. Exactly. I mean, name a movie. There's very few far in between where you're going to find a movie that has perfect editing, no plot holes. You know, um, but of course, you don't want a movie that you can drive a train through either. Right. <laughs> you know, um, I think number two is definitely a, you can take a train right through that movie. Um, part three, I think maybe you could take like a Volkswagen through it, you know. Yeah, no, it definitely. Ha- well, you could take the Volkswagen through it, but they yeah. definitely they did it on purpose. Like, you know, some of this stuff, like we were just saying before, they didn't have a problem with just leaving it. Let exactly. It be. I mean, it's kind of like a, a kids' movie. You don't make a kids' movie for you know, for like Siskel to review and and have them love it. It's made. It's the target audience is a kid. This target audience is for people to go to the theater and leave your brain at home, mm-hmm. eat your popcorn, and see crap blow up and have a good time. I mean, it's a flipping cartoon. It's not. It's not supposed to be an Einstein movie. You know. Right. Right. It, it's not like this. Came, it's not like it's Citizen Kane, you know, the writing of this film. It's Michael Bay. I mean, at least he learned his lesson and gave you less action this time. It tried to, it tried his best to give you emotional. I mean, I have to admit, I thought Bumblebee was going to die. I almost flipped and cried in the theater. I'm like, you can't kill Bumblebee, and there's no way you're going to kill Optimus Prime, but please don't kill Bumblebee after you just kill Ironhide. I honestly thought they were going to do it. I don't know how I would feel if they did that, man. I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, well. But they've, they've always like made you emotionally attached to Bumblebee. So they, uh, I know I heard with the the new movie that Steven Spielberg was attached to the first one. And then for the second one, he left. So that's kind of where the lack of plot and just mm-hmm. more blowing up and bigger bots comes in. Yeah. And then for this one, Steven Spielberg, I don't know how much of a hand if he came in as much as he did in the first one. But I know he was back with Michael Bay doing something in this movie. Yeah, I, I definitely agree, and you can see a difference uh, hands down. I mean, I, I think Steven Spielberg was in it, not nearly as much as one. Uh, I mean, I totally can see why you would love one over three. Mm-hmm. I personally like three the best because of, number one, like I said, I'm from Chicago, seeing that whole – seeing things that I've walked on, uh, that Optimus Prime, uh, Sentinel Prime fight on that bridge. I've crossed yeah. that bridge hundreds of times. I've – sat on the bridge and watched the water you know just seeing that was amazing i've been in the the john hancock building when it when it came over i've been in the sears tower i mean it's just it's amazing watching that and it's just so real and, and memorize mesmerizing like wow i can't believe my hometown is being destroyed and uh you know and i love shia labeouf i i i liked his character um you know i i honestly think his character when i first saw him i thought wow he looks he looks different. I didn't think he got fat. I'm just no. like, wow, he got older. I mean, how long how long has Part One been out for a couple? What, five, six years now? Uh, 2007, I believe. 2007, yeah. And I just thought he looked mature looking, you know. And it's like he's in a rut in his life, you know. He's like, I my best friends are the Autobots. I've been told I can't hang out with them. I can't help them no more. I have no job, but you know, 
uh, I, I get the whole slapping Megan Fox's face, you know, how it's basically she dumped them and all of a sudden right. got a new girl. I was wondering how they were going to pull that storyline off. Um, you know, they jumped at, right into it. Yeah, they jumped right into it. At first, I didn't think they had any chemistry, but after the the ripping the leg off the bunny, I was like, you know, <laughs> yes. I, I can kind of see it. You know, um, I thought the whole ending with the getting married thing was kind of ridiculous. Um, yeah, I again thought that was a Megan Fox type of scene where you know, hey, here's some rings, let's get married. But uh, but overall though, I mean, that happens. You think you found the love of your life. Someone comes in it out of nowhere, and you realize it's your soulmate. I'm well, not- I think that's what this these this series has done. They keep the characters like Sam. I don't really think he developed all that well over the last three movies. He's a fun character, and he's kept that same fun tone. But I don't think he's really matured over the last three movies. He's learned some lessons, of course, like anyone. But I still yeah. think he's kind of like he's still a mannequin of of a character where other movies will obviously delve right into that character and they'll dig deep. But, but I think that's the, like, it just comes along with this type of movie. I mean, it, like we said before, it's transformers. It's a kid's cartoon. So how much uh, character development and depth of emotion do you really want to get into it? I'd kind of rather it just be what it is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Daniel LaRusso gets more character development in 20 minutes oh, yeah. than he does in three films. I mean, no doubt about it. I, I see what you're saying. Uh, you know, I just felt that he was – I love Shia LaBeouf and I thought that his attitude, he was the perfect of being a douche but being awesome at the same time. That mm-hmm. attitude he had, I, I loved it. I thought it was excellent. Um, that's what I kind of meant by de- – in his sense, it was character development because he went from this sweet, obnoxious kid to like now I'm just pissed off at the world. But I still have respect at the same time if that makes any sense. Yeah. So it, it was good times. So um, John Malkovich I thought was kind of a waste. He I, he never did anything for me in the, la- in the past either. I've never really cared for him as an actor. Yeah. But yeah, he he was just in there to kind of pose as this oddball uh, guy that gives Sam a job, and then it happens. Like I said before, coincidence upon coincidence, that job leads him back into the Transformer world. Yeah. But that was pretty much all it did. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, I mean, I enjoyed him in Red with Bruce Willis. I thought that was an excellent film. Mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought you know he was good in that movie, but yeah, it just that whole for color. Some, for some reason, whenever I watch John Malkovich, I always see john malkovich <laughs> i never see yeah. a, ca- a character he's playing I'm, but I'm like that, that could with, be just me no i i hear you i'm that way with jack nicholson i see jack nicholson i never see him play anything else except mm-hmm. jack nicholson yeah um you know uh so yeah uh, i thought he was kind of a waste the whole color thing you know I, I laughed at that but at the same time i was like uh it's like the first half of the movie it, you got to get through like the first hour and then after that you're just like on a non-stop Right, like I said, there's a there's a definite juxtaposition between the two halves, and I thought it definitely kicked into gear in the second half, which I didn't, and I didn't know it was going to be an apocalyptic movie type of thing like this, so it threw it threw me off because I didn't see it coming, but it definitely was better in the second half. Yeah, um, so Sentinel Prime, I I 
I guess I didn't know he was going to be a bad guy. I guess a couple people did. I, and I guess the toys actually told you he was a Decepticon, so that oh, really? sucks for them. Awesome. Uh, I didn't see that twist coming. I didn't see Patrick Dempsey being uh, – I didn't see that twist coming. But I tried not to get any information on this movie. I just tried to go in and watch it. I tried to stay away from any reviews or anything like that. I just wanted to have a fresh perspective. So yeah. I, I didn't see that those twists coming. And Patrick Dempsey, I've always enjoyed him, especially since Can't Buy Me Love. Uh, I've I've always enjoyed his performances, and I thought he was excellent in this film. Yeah, um, the, he uh, unlike John Malkovich, I Patrick Dempsey always sucks me into his characters. I really enjoy watching him. Yeah, uh, one plot hole I heard that people didn't get was the whole pillar thing. How Sentinel Prime is the only one that can activate it, but yet Patrick Dempsey is able to start act- starts yeah. it. But they didn't say he needs to to start it they said he needs to set you know he has to set it up mm-hmm. no one says that he's the one that has to push the button he just has to get it set up he's the only one that's capable of doing that so you can kind of it's kind of a gray kind of gray matter they don't really go into it just that he's the only one that can set up the pillars get everything in position so i think really anybody could have pressed the button so i don't find that to be a, a plot hole but i'm sure it didn't bother me on that. yeah didn't bother me. I was going in the moment with it. So, um, what were some of the things that you really, really liked in the movie? Uh, I really enjoyed the whole like military aspects of Josh Duhamel. Yes. Like as Lennox, and then you have Tyrese Gibson as Epps. Like I really enjoyed watching them, and I thought, like I was waiting for Tyrese Gibson. Yeah, I was like, where the hell is he? I'm like, he, ha- d- he didn't pop up. <laughs> I know. I'm like, isn't Tyrese in this movie? And he was just promoting it, saying how great it is. I'm like, where is he? And then he shows up. I'm like, yes. He's in the whole second half of the film. It was awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, I like. Well, I more like in the beginning, I was kind of disappointed I didn't see him, but I kind of appreciated it more after the movie was over that they just left him out and then he kind of just pops up. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was really great. Very cool. Josh didn't have too much to do in this film, unfortunately. No, and they were pumping him up too. I saw a lot of interviews with him. Yeah, so it kind of sucks. Uh, I really, you know, I really liked him in the first two movies, especially the first one. Yeah. Um, you know, I, but whatever. I, I saw a, uh, I saw someone's tweet on Twitter. They were saying that uh, uh, Lennox and Epps should have their own spin-off movie without the Transformers. <laughs> yeah, that that'd be cool. <laughs> they they work good together. I liked watching them together, and they were in the second one too. They did well. They were they were fun to watch. Yeah, they were. Um, overall, I thought uh, Optimus Prime had like no screen time in part two, maybe like 25 minutes. Uh, I thought he had a good balance in the film. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and Bumblebee got enough screen time. I always felt every time I see Optimus, I'm like, that's my favorite. Every time I see Bumblebee, yeah. I'm like, that's my favorite. I can never tell which one is my favorite. Anytime- well, it's hard because every time they pop, one of them pops up on screen, they have this kick-ass action scene. So you're kind of just switching back and forth. Yeah. Um, someone told me, one of my friends said that Sentinel Prime, you know, kicked Optimus Prime's rear end. What do you, Mm -hmm. what do you think? Do you think so? I, I thought it was, I didn't think so. Um, no, I thought he had a good, I thought he had a good look on Sentinel. I, they showed a lot of butt kicking for Sentinel on Optimus, but that's always one thing I've, I've enjoyed. Like, I always like my hero getting pummeled in the beginning. So I didn't really see it as Sentinel was just like overwhelmingly killing Optimus. I just saw it as... Like it's something that needs to happen because you need the build up to when they finally overcome it. Yeah, he's like Daniel Russo. He gets his butt beat the whole time and then comes back with the crane kick. In his yep. case, you know, he he just man cut off the head, execute the sentinel and move. Yeah, now okay, I do think that the ending sucked. And what I I 
I'm talking right after, you know, his arms cut off and yeah. they just like they there's really no closure. It's like, okay, I just killed these two and there was no really big epic speech kind of like aftermath kind of thing. I was like I was kind of disappointed in that and then I'm like, well, if there is a part 4, if they decide to come back, Optimus is screwed because Ironhide is the one that always fixed everything. Yeah. Now, op, you know, Optimus ain't gonna have no arm now, so I don't know how they get that <laughs> off. So. Well, they also, yeah, and then they got rid of that doctor who was invent the guy that was inventing everything that transformer. Yeah. So, but they also, I don't remember him unless he popped up in number two, but I don't remember him being there. So they always have, for some some odd reason, there's always a the transformers that pop out of nowhere, like that little one brains that was running around with the little one from the second one. Yeah. Yeah, um, th- that guy was never introduced in the uh, in the second one. Um, he's kind of a new character, which is why I really didn't care when he died. I only saw him twice, but I yeah. love I love the little guy. Um, and they don't really explain where the other little guy comes from, but I, I went with it. I thought they were good. The the, yeah. com- the comedy I thought was really toned down a lot. Well, for them it was. I liked them better than I liked obviously than I liked that little robot in the second one. This time they like. I remember when they got into the into the giant Decepticon mothership, and then yeah. they look up and they're like, uh, they say something along the lines of "What the f?" and then they cut off with the curse yeah, word. Yeah, I love that. That like, was awesome. It just it was it was a lot. That was a lot better, at least than the second one, because in the second one I could have seen them going with a different word, but they would have kept going with it, and they would exactly. have kind of killed that joke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that they they did that twice. Anytime a transformer was gonna swear, they mm-hmm. cut it off. Especially that one. I mean, Ironhide says "pissed off." That was it. Yeah. Um, but uh, otherwise, yeah, when they were gonna say that, they just cut it off, like on purpose. It was excellent. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Good times. But so yeah, overall, um, I. I would say it's for me it's after seeing after hearing different people's perspective and stuff if I was to drop it for me personally I wouldn't go anything below a 4 I think you you're what 3 It would have been a 3.5 for me I don't think I'd go to a 4 but a 3.5 3.5 and it's and it's still above yeah don't know it's definitely good it's above average it was fun for me because it's a summertime like we said, leave your brain at the door, Flake. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the, these movies, you. this is definitely one of those categories of you, you definitely have to leave your brain at home. Howard the Duck, I mean, that one, you really have to leave your brain at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might as well take a vacation on Howard the Duck. Uh, but, you know, and of course I love Howard the Duck, but, you yeah. know. Um, I'm just saying that this movie you have to leave your brain at the door and pick it up in two hours. Yeah, no, it definitely it did, it did whatever it promised to do. And like whenever I saw the trailers, I just wanted to go see this movie to see the kick-ass action. That's what I got. Like it's not they weren't promising any plot hole fill-ins or any character or like any backstory on anything other than what they gave us in the beginning of the movie. And it just gave us exactly what it promised. Yeah. Um, so for your plan of the year, for me personally, I'm not going to see any new, any other new movies. I wanted to see Fast Five, I wanted to see X Men, I wanted to see Transformers, and I was done. Because me and my wife, I don't go to movies by myself. I always go with my wife, and uh, we only pick movies that we really, really, really know we're either going to like or we really want to see. Otherwise, we wait for DVD. And uh, I know you're going to go see Harry Potter. Do you plan on seeing any other new movies this year? Um. Well. I kind of get the, a little bit of an advantage because my friend's sister works at Island 16, which is our local theater here. Okay. So we get in for movies, a lot of them for free. I've seen like at least 11 free movies in the last few months. So nice. Nice. I like last night I just saw Horrible Bosses. 
Oh, sweet. How was it? And I really enjoyed it, and I didn't think I would care for it because it looked like a kind of like a hangover type of spin-off-y movie. Yeah. But, and I thought maybe it would be like a B version of The Hangover, but it was very funny. It was like I thought all the actors did a really good job and everything. I, I like Jennifer Aniston, so it was fun to see her playing this kind of like slutty role, which was interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah J- Jason Bateman for the win. I love the fact that that guy is back and better than ever, man. Cause yeah, he's he's been in a lot. Now he's doing the Switch and he's in the in Horrible Bosses. So. Yeah, he's in Hancock. I mean, after Team Wolf Two, the guy dropped out of uh, film. I hadn't seen him ever, and he came back. I'm like, yes, I love Jason Bateman. He rocks. So I'm glad to see that he's back. So uh, that's good. I mean. Uh, Maybe, you know, I was just going to say in regards to movies going forward. I'm yeah, no, um, well, I would definitely like Harry Potter's coming up in less than a week. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, I'm not into the, I'm not into comics like period, but like I, like I've told you guys on the Smallville episode, but Captain America looks uh, good to me because I like that kind of history aspect yeah. where it's the World War Two and it kind of it's a more grounded look on a superhero instead of the guy who's flying around like Green Lantern. I really wasn't looking forward to. Yeah, but I, uh, I haven't seen that yet. Um, but yeah, I hear you because when I saw the trailer, of the Captain America, I was like, "Holy crap! How did Chris Evans? Uh, mm-hmm. They put Chris Evans' face in some other kid's body, you know? Because <laughs> Chris Evans is big, you know. I'm like, wow, that's they did awesome. A really good job casting. I actually heard like an interview. They looked all over the place for this kid, and he he looks just like a younger version of Chris Evans. Sweet, yeah, that that does look good. You know, I'm, uh, you know, next year next year's gonna be excellent for me because you know I'm getting. Uh, I'm getting Dark Knight, um, you know, Dark Knight Rises. Superman won't be till December. Uh, the Avengers. I don't know if I'm excited about seeing that movie. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel. But it'll be interesting to see. Like Spider Man. I'm like, I think that's gonna be a ridiculous movie. I probably won't even ever watch that. Yeah, I don't know enough about the new one to really put my two cents in. So. Yeah. Uh, Shark Knight is probably the only movie that I want to see the rest of the year but i know i won't go see that in the theater mm-hmm. now there's no really other than those two i'm sh- yeah there's a couple coming out next year but really for 2011 i think it's more of just kind of see what comes out and what catches my interest i don't really have anything that i've pre-designed to go watch cool well here's kind of what i was thinking um since uh, me and you uh we kind of get together when we can get together and i still pull out the the regular episodes i figured that uh we'll do this where i'll say the next time we get together we'll watch this movie yep. and then the next time you'll pick a movie you'll be like okay when we get together let's watch this okay you know kind of like uh i know that there's a lot of movies you haven't seen but me and you pretty yeah you got your dog going that's cool uh yeah my mom just got home <laughs> cool uh but basically you know i'll try to pick a movie that i think you'll like kind of like the rundown and maybe you'll pick a movie that either i haven't seen or that you think i like uh it'll be it'll be kind of good so um the next time we get together we're going to do ferris bueller's day off yes and and then after that uh i'll let you pick what uh, you want to do uh you know for the next time we get together after that so mm-hmm. I, it's just kind of something that ty actually gave me that idea and i thought man that's actually a good idea ty so thanks for the uh Thanks for the tip there. Yeah, I like it because then it doesn't give us a like a set list of movies we have to cover. We could just go along as because obviously as you see, like we're coming out with episodes together every so often, not on a strict schedule. So it gives us more leniency. Yeah, uh, I do have a list out on the Facebook page. 
So okay. th- those are the movies that uh, I think you responded to. Like, yeah, you're going to do all those in one day? I was like, no way. Uh, <laughs> I have like a bunch of 80s and 90s movies on there. So uh, whatever anybody wants, you know, if they want to add to the list, they can just do that on Facebook. Say, hey, I want to hear this. But uh, I figured it would be kind of interesting. You know, I don't, I'm not going to pick a movie that I don't like and have mm-hmm. you watch it and then we can rip on it. I want to pick something that I like and I want to get your perspective on what you think of it. Kind of like the rundown. You know, mm-hmm. that, that was a good first movie to start off on. Uh, oh, definitely. And I didn't like it was like one of those that I hadn't seen and I watched it just for this and I really enjoyed it. So yeah. it worked out well. Yeah, good times. Um, other than that, uh, I think that's um, – oh, yeah, in October. October is going to be fun because you, you like horror movies, right? Yep. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. So here's my plan in October. I'm going to be doing The Crow. I'm going to be doing Mr. Michael Myers, Halloween 1 and 2, not the Rob Zombie trash, <laughs> and uh, get in some major special guest stars uh, on that. So, sir, you better be around in October because it's going to be a good time in October, man. Yeah, it sounds that I plan to be. And I'll have, yeah, I just watched actually the first Halloween I watched for my uh, one of my college classes recently. So that's fresh in my head. So I got to watch it again before October. Sweet. Now, that's the first time you ever saw the John uh, Halloween. I've, no, I've seen it in pieces, but I never saw the whole thing as a continuous whole. Awesome. Did you Did you love it? I really did enjoy it. Sweet. That's my all time favorite horror movie. For all you people that do not know that, uh, so yeah, I I'm looking forward to October, man, because I can do some horror movies. Going to be doing some werewolf movies. I actually enjoyed Teen Wolf. You know, I thought it was kind of. Uh, you know, I was like, yeah, MTV, it's, it's going to suck. But, dude, being human, you know, I was like, I love being human. Mm-hmm. I love the werewolf. And you know how picky I am with werewolves. But I am loving Teen Wolf, man. It's good times. I'll have to check it out per your recommendation because I've seen you've been uh, going on about it a little bit on Facebook. And I, I never really checked it out. But it seems like it, everyone who's watched it enjoys it at least. And I've, I haven't heard any bad reviews from any of my friends. Yeah, I mean, it's got the typical boy and girl got a kiss kind of mm-hmm. crap, you know. But overall, Styles is awesome. I mean, the only thing it takes from the movie is the names. Everything is very, you know, oh, it's just awesome. I, and they just showed the werewolf for the third time. The first time you saw it was in the very beginning, you saw it for like two seconds. Yeah, then, they do that. Then they did one time where the werewolf was running next to a car uh, on a rainy night. So you saw the – and the werewolf has red eyes. And the CGI looked awesome, especially for an MTV show. And then last – this past Monday's episode, they flip and showed it standing up and it was like seven feet tall. It was ridiculous. It was awesome looking. So they do the monster-looking wolf, not the actual – like not a, just a bigger version of a wolf? Right. Like the monster – like it's on four legs, but if it stood up, it'd be flipping. It, and they did – it showed up. It was big. And yeah, it was oh, it's good. Okay, because I know like uh, like Vampire Diaries will have uh, they actually have like a bigger version of a wolf, but it it's not the type of wolf that'll like stand on two legs and run after someone. Yeah, I think so, Underworld, the ones that run on four legs and then will go on two legs. Oh, yeah, the the lichens. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's good times. Uh, Very cool. Yeah, Being Humans free on iTunes this week, like Ooh. first episode. So if you haven't downloaded, it, check it out. Good times. I love that show. Yeah, I love that show. I cannot wait for it to come back. So um, one movie I plan on doing, which I don't know if you want to join me, is The NeverEnding Story. I'm going to be doing that soon. Cause I oh, it's been a it. long time since I've seen that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That will bring back memories. So yeah, I'll try to watch that before you do it and see if I can hop on. Sweet. Because uh, that's – now, I hate remakes, but that's one movie I'd be an advocate to see a remake for is The NeverEnding Story. So mm-hmm. I think if it's done right, it would be excellent. 
So, well, sir, I think that pretty much covers our topic on Transformers: Dark of the Moon. Um, so overall, uh, I'm glad we had the conversation. Hopefully, uh, anybody listening um, will get good info out of what we what we did. Hopefully, they won't hate it too much. So, you know, otherwise, man, uh, I think we'll just call it a wrap for tonight. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Cool beans. Well, I don't know what song I'm going to play at the end, but uh, it, it's going to be good. Now, if you guys did not download the Monster Squad, I got to say this. If you didn't download the Monster Squad because you didn't see it, you need to download it because you know how I always play the comedy bit usually at the end of the Spotlight song? Yes. Well, the last uh, on the newest episode, I played the funniest song I've ever heard in my life. Think of Christina Aguilera, Jeannie in a bottle, but from a guy's perspective with something else in the bottle. <laughs> Yeah, it's flipping hilarious. So, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, th- there's no swearing in it, but you definitely don't want no one to hear it. So. Yeah, there's, there's connotations. Yeah, exactly. So you guys need to download that just to hear that song because it's flipping hilarious. So I, I just wanted to throw that out there. So I'll, I'll throw something at the end of this. But overall, um, I want to thank you, Andrew, for you know officially being the guest host. Whenever you can come on, it's always good times. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad to be part of it. So I'm along for the ride. All right, and uh, you guys take care. Um, go ahead and uh, if you want to like us on Facebook, just type in Sweep the Lake Podcast on Facebook. Uh, click the like button. Got 13 people. Um, I got about 30 people that listen to the show, so hopefully I can get the other people on there. Um, as you said, our uh, web address uh, to email is uh, not – what you say? You said I said Gmail, email, right? Yeah. It's Everything t- defaults to Gmail apparently. Yeah, yeah it's actually sweepdelaypodcast.yahoo.com. Uh, good old John from Philly always writes in. It's always a pleasure hearing from him. Um, so please, guys, write in. Uh, be good times. Um, and then I'm on, we're on Twitter, uh, Sweep Delay Podcast, which is STL Podcast uh, on Twitter. So, And in regards to the website, I don't really have one. I just kind of post the episodes on my on my feed, and then it goes directly to iTunes. But it's sweepdelaypodcast.com slash podbean. So mm-hmm. I want to check that out. So thank you, sir. It's been a good time. So hopefully we'll get together next uh, next Friday, and we'll talk some Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. I look forward to it. Yeah, I can't wait. Otherwise, this Wednesday, probably throwing some Iron Eagle out there. Uh, you know, I did The Heavenly Kid with Jason Gedrick, and I said I'd do Iron Eagle. So now's the time to hit that movie. So expect uh, expect Iron Eagle on Wednesday, guys. So, All right, sir. Well, thank you so much, and I'll talk to you later. All right, thanks. Good night, everyone. Yep. Let's do this out. Bye.
Oh my 